Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Soulfulpreneur Talk Radio with your hosts, Rachel Archelaus and Megan Grandelmeyer. Merging spirituality and business on the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Hi everyone, it's Megan Crandlemeyer here, and I am joined with my beautiful co-host, Rachel Archelaus. <laughs> Hello. Hello. It is Tuesday, September 29th, 2015, and we are doing the show live today. And we welcome you to Soulfulpreneur Talk Radio, where spirituality and business meet. And we offer all sorts of guests and tools to help you live a purposeful, authentic, joy-filled life. And we are very excited to be joined today with Jim Self from MasteringAlchemy.com. And he's going to join us in just a few minutes. And if you have a question, uh, you can call in at 347-308-8788. And um, we'll also open the chat. So if you have a uh, free account on blogtalkradio.com, you can search for Soulfulpreneur and um, you can put in a comment or question or just say hello on the chat. And just a little more about us. Uh, you can find out more about Soulfulpreneur on our website, which is S-O-U-L-F-U-L-L-P-R-E-N-E-U-R, soulfulpreneur.com. And you can also search for us on Facebook. We've got a page there. And all of our shows are archived, and we put them up on iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, and they're also on Blog Talk Radio, and they appear on our soulfulpreneur.com website as well. And we are part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network, which is a network for all things metaphysical. And we have a fabulous team of radio hosts that have shows on uh, throughout the week, all different kinds of shows and topics. And you can learn more about the Enlightenment Evolution Network on their Facebook page. So just search for them there. And uh, just to uh, clarify that any opinions expressed today on Soulfulpreneur by us, the hosts, our guest, or a caller, does not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Whew. All right. So we have to housekeeping out of the way. So, again, if you do want to call us, 347-308-8788. And I think you have to press 1 on your keypad to raise your hand to talk. So, anyway. So, Rachel... Um, you introduced me to Jim Self's work, and I know you've been a fan for a long time. Uh, so this is really exciting that he's joining us today. It's super exciting, yeah. I feel very honored that he's joining us. Yeah, that's great. So without further ado, why don't we bring him on? So I'm going to just read um, a little quick bio here to introduce him. Jim Self is an international speaker, author, and leader in the field of spiritual development. He has been leading seminars on personal energy management and the tools of mastering alchemy for over 30 years. Since childhood, Jim has had the ability to recall his experiences within the sleep state. Over the last 14 years, this awareness has expanded into relationships with the archangels, ascended masters, and teachers of light. The tools and information presented in the program Mastering Alchemy is a co-creation of these relationships. 
Jim is also the author of What Do You Mean the Third Dimension is Going Away, which we will talk about today, uh, Why Now is the Time to Release Who You Are Not and Remember Who You Are, and Spirit Matters Down-to-Earth Tools for a Spirited Life. Jim offers free live teleseminars, videos, webinar recordings, and essential tools on his website, along with details of his Mastering Alchemy Level 1, 2, and 3 programs. And you can find out more on MasteringAlchemy.com. So let's bring on Jim. Let me just click over here. Hello, Jim. Hello, Rachel, Megan. How are you? Nice to be here. Great. It's such an honor to have you here. Thanks so much. Yes, my privilege. So I would love to start. Um, Megan mentioned that, you know, you have this unique ability where you go to sleep and you have this, you know, you go to meetings, you meet up with angels, ascended masters, and um, that's really what first caught my eye about you when I saw an interview you were doing with Regina Meredith on Gaia TV. There's so much more about you, obviously, but I think that's where most people start. Can you can you just explain a little bit about what that's like for you? Uh, sure. So uh, when 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 I go to sleep, I go to sleep pretty much just like you go to sleep. And what that means is that you really have created a pathway out of the body, and when you leave the body you really kind of disconnect from the body at those meridian acupuncture points because those are the docking points that hold really the consciousness and the physicalness together. And pretty much every night you go out on a very worn pathway out of the body. Most people are asleep really almost before their head hits a pillow. If you think about it, you just kind of lay down and boom, you're gone. In that process of going out, you pass through an aspect of consciousness that most people refer to as the astral realms, kind of the fourth dimensional, non-physical realms of consciousness. And then beyond that is really all that is. And you as a soul uh, begin to engage with yourself as the soul in that aspect. In the body, you don't know yourself as the soul because there's so much noise in the body and the heart is so closed down that there's no room in the concept of separation for the soul to come into the body. So you're, in a way, kind of figuring it out on your own in the body. But when you leave the body and you leave in what's called the etheric body, not the astral body, but kind of most people consider it the same thing, you go into a space where you become fully engaged with the soul, who you are, and you experience yourself as the soul experiences itself all the time. And so you just engage in a space, and it's in that space where there are layers of consciousness, but you, in my case, because it's so much a part of my journey in the body, the ability to have access and awareness in that space is part of my experience. It's available to everybody, but it's not necessarily part of everybody's experience. It's uh, it's like being trained to be an engineer, but if you're not interested in being an engineer, you don't go for that training, or you don't bring that part of you into the body 
when you were going to have this bodily experience. But for the most part, the, the difference between uh, me and many people is not going out of the body. It's coming back into the body. Because in that vibration of soul, the vibration is such a different frequency. It doesn't operate in words and language like we know words and language, English, Spanish, French, etc. It operates in language, but it's the languages of light, and it's a very different set of dialects and vibrational frequencies. But when you come back into the body, really everybody has some aspect of remembering right where they just were uh, just an instant ago. But when you come back in to a lot of, to a real extent, it's like it's like flying in an airplane at 30,000 feet and it's really nice and smooth. And then you come into a, a landing and it's a stormy land, it's a stormy weather landing and you're very content at 30,000 feet and then you hit that first set of clouds and first set of bumps and all of a sudden you shift your attention point away from what was to the bumps and the clouds and the fear and the noise and what I did yesterday and oh, I'm not sure I'm okay and I, I, oh gee, I have to get up and go to work again. I really don't want to do that. And then you say, oh, where was I just a minute ago? It's lost. You don't have the capacity in that new vibration of separation, fear, anxiety, resentment, the same vibrations that we walk around in all day. We come from one state of consciousness back into another. And most everybody forgets. You do have some experiences. You know, you get up in the middle of the night to go pee and you're, you're really still asleep. But you're asleep close enough to the body that you can make it to the bathroom, for example. But in that space, you're really dropped down into a conscious sleep state, which is called the astral plane. And so you're all of a sudden having dreams and you're aware of this and you're aware of that. But that's... Not the. Uh, that's not all that is. That's just another realm of consciousness related to the body. That makes sense. Mm. It does. Yeah, and I wanted to bring that up because you're a teacher who has so much presence, and you make all of these complicated things so simple, right? With your words and your tools, and I just wanted to really acknowledge you for that because I feel this must have something to do with it because if you have the capacity to remember your soul state and interacting with others in that state, you're bringing through so much light in such a laser-focused way and it really does come through. Thank you. It's a different, it's a different construct and over the years, beginning to be more conscious of in a way, who I am and what my job is. Keep it really simple. What what I, what I come here for? What am I supposed to do here? And in that space, what becomes real clear to me is there is a lot of things that could be said, and you get a lot of people writing what they think they're supposed to say or what they think they're talking about, but they're not necessarily experiencing it in a way that can be translatable. And so many spiritual people, this is one of the things that's got to change, is we walk around reading other people's books, talking to other people, talking among ourselves, having conversation, but very 
few have the concept that there is more that I can attain. There's, it's really nice to have great friends and have conversations and talk back and forth and have these kind of radio shows and then go away feeling good. But the feel-good space is simply a feel-good space. It's not an ascension space. It's not an evolution space. That's where, well, you get little glimmers here and there, and it kind of adds to your growth. But what I watch mostly is people don't have a clarity or an awareness that they can step into a very different reality if they would choose to do that. Mm-hmm. So in my reality, my job is to explain this as simply as possible, to simply provide, as we kind of do in Mastering Alchemy, uh, kind of three sets of choices. One is you've got your head very focused in third dimension, your everyday experiences in third dimension. Now, let me define third dimension because it's kind of like a box. Dimensions are like boxes, and there are rules and structures in the box. And third dimension is a box that is conditional. Nothing is unconditional. Fourth dimension, unconditional. You're playing in both boxes. But you also have a space in here where one of the things that drives it is this concept of time, past, future. uh, And you live very much in those two places. So we get out of that present time space to really begin to be able to know ourselves. We don't choose in that. So... So one of the things that my job is, is to kind of explain third dimension, which I really didn't just do, but explain it, and then be able to say, look over here. Here's a platform. What if you could stand in, feel in, be conscious in present time and feeling certain, capable, senior in your body, as in owning your own seniority, this is who I am. And move around in happy and graciousness in that space, allowing others to be who they are without being in judgment of everything. Would your life be different? And all of a sudden people start to go, oh, I know all those words, but I never really understood those. It's that place you begin to shift. Then you realize that mental, emotional body was never meant to be two bodies. It was one body. It is one body in separation. Everything's in separation. So how do you put it back together? Not complicated. And that's the process that my task is to just explain. It's really pretty simple. Some assembly required. (laughs) Watch out with small parts for children, right? (laughs) Yes. Wow. Um, So so it it's amazing to me how you have all of this work that you've done, and yet um, you, you've led a, quote, normal life as well, you know, being a, a vice mayor and starting businesses and working for government agencies. Um, sometimes I feel like I, I'm walking that line, too. I still have kind of my normal job um, doing some web design and stuff, but yet my primary focus is spirituality and, and living my true purpose. So. How has it been for you living in both worlds and and that balance? Because I think balance is so key for people because we're still balance, here. <laughs> balance is balance is absolutely the key, and a lot of my history in 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 um, the various things that I did were all about 
my own personal evolution. They were all about, you know, falling down on my nose, uh, being insulted, being embarrassed, doing wrong things, doing right things, and then putting them all together and figuring out kind of what is this all about in the process. But the one thing that never left me, even though it was confusing, was I was aware that I was, I finally was aware that I was functioning different than everybody else. Now, part of me got that, but there's a part of me that took a long, long time to understand because I just believe everybody's like me and they're not. And that's not a a better or worse, but I would just assume somebody could go, you know, build a house because I knew how to build a house. Well, they didn't know how to do that. And it took a long time to, to discern between what people's capabilities were and what they were not. But all of that really kind of led to this place of being able to literally learn how to be in present time and and observe, choose, and then act rather than ready, rather than shoot, ready, aim, which is what most people do because they're in that hurry up between the past and the future. I hope this thing that I did once doesn't bite me in the butt over here in the future. And they told me if I would do this, I would be successful over there. See, most people live their life based on what the external world tells them is okay. Mm -hmm. And when you start to recognize that the external world really doesn't know, and they don't function like you function, they're all fine. Nothing bad or good or bad or right or wrong, up or down, but they don't, they are not you. And so when you can begin to get into present time and recognize I can observe my reality and then choose in my reality and then act rather than dealing in fear and separation and worry and blame and guilt and victim, rescue or persecutor. See, those are all vibrational frequencies that are in the box of the third dimensional structure. They're the vibrations that created the fall of consciousness in simple terms. Everything in third dimensions and separation. So if you can't get into that kind of fourth dimensional space, which is really about three words. It's very odd. It's about three things. Fourth dimension operates in present time. Here I am right here, present time, right now, this conversation we're having. You're not thinking about lunch. You're not thinking about tonight. You're not thinking about kids or work. You're right here, present time. This is present time. In present time, you have choice. In reaction, which is third dimensional present time, oh my God, this wasn't supposed to happen. There is no choice. You're in reaction. But in fourth dimension, in simple terms, present time, choice, and then a very interesting word called paradox. Paradox simply means what was true just a minute ago may not be true this minute, and what was false may not be false. See, that word is a big doorway out of the third dimension, because in the third dimension, uh, you stole from me when we were in third grade, and I always remember that. And I, you're always going to be bad. You are never, always, and never going to be a nice person. And then 20 years later, you knock on my door. I open the door, and it's, and I know exactly who you are. In third dimension, I would say, you're a bad person. Get off my porch. 
I don't ever want to see you again. You stole from me. But in fourth dimension, you can simply say, hello, I recognize you. Allowing the person to open their mouth, which he, she says, you know, in third grade, I stole from you. And I've been uncomfortable all my life. And I've never, I've had a terrible life because of it. And I just want to acknowledge that I was not a nice person. And I'm sorry. Well, at that point, you can say, well, screw you. Get off my porch, third dimension. Or you could say, come on in, have a cup of tea. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Very different reality, that word paradox, when you come in to understand it. Does that make any sense? It does, yeah. And it feels like you have to remain open, right? Because you're keeping all possibilities available when you're open to paradox and keeping those things. And yes. I just like the feeling of it. You know, it feels very yeah. expansive. But see here, let me give you one more piece of this. Most people right here would say, well, you are forgiving that person. No, no, no forgiveness at all. That's a very third dimensional word, too. In fact, I'm allowing you to express yourself because who had the rock in their backpack all these years? That other person was walking around completely expecting you to, uh, to you know, scream at them, hit them, do something to them, and they could never own up to their mistake because it was a mistake. And so when you can allow somebody, it's not yours to forgive anybody. It's yours to allow others to move out of a circumstance. It's yours to allow you to move out of a circumstance. You're not forgiving you. You're realizing, okay, I did this. And it's, it, would I do it again? No, it didn't really work for me. So I can allow myself to let that go. And, and I'm particularly focusing on the word forgiveness because in third dimension, it's one of those words that becomes an obligation in a lot of ways for people, and it's a structure. But when you begin to look at third dimension, there's lots of structures that keep you locked into the structure. But words like choice and allowing and permission and then acting begin to get the rocks out of your backpack as you well as letting them go out of the others. Hmm. Yeah, it's like when you get present, when you get current with yourself, you're no longer holding anything. So now you just have the choice to respond in the moment. Right, right. And, you know, there's another so little really, one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, there's a, well, there's an interesting someone, one. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we had someone write in with a question named Ben. He's read your book. He loves you. And he's he's in a place that I think you're describing where he knows he's, here for a purpose. He's really great at helping people. He's got lots of integrity, and yet he's still suffering a bit from, um, you know, uncomfortable. Black. Yeah, and you know, he just got kicked to the can or kicked to the curb, as he put it, from from someone he really felt he was putting a lot of time into. And he's just wondering where where does he focus right now? Like, what is how how should he see all this? You know, what happens is, again, it's we, we believe what the external world tells us, how we should be, what we should do. And then a lot of times we hold the external word, world's opinions very high. And what happens is when you have expectations, you usually wind up with disappointments. 
And when you play by the rules and the structures of the third dimension, there's a lot of there's a lot of one-liners. It's better to give than to receive as a one-liner, and we we believe that. We believe the church, or we believe the religions, we believe the politics, we believe the teachers, the ministers, the mom and the dad, all who say, if you want to be okay, this is what you do. And we believe them because they love us. Really, they do. And we love them. And why would they tell me a story that's not true? But in real terms, they're creating you in their image. They want to make sure you do it all right. And so we, you want to go to these schools and not those. You want to talk to these people and not those. You want to get this kind of a job because that's going to be good for you. And we live all of that. But very little is said about what do you, who are you? How do you go inside? And that's part of the third dimensional learning process. So, and so when you start to go inside, you realize, is it really better to give than to receive? Have you ever seen somebody who really believes that? And what happens is they give and they give and they give and they give and they give, and pretty soon there's nothing left of them. And then they are resentful and they become a victim and they are angry. And how did that all happen? That's not where they started out. And so in this case, one of the things, as I'm kind of looking at this man, it, what happens is, is we get to this place right now, and this is occurring to many, many people waking up. They start to recognize, I've done all the right things. How come I feel so crummy? Why don't I feel like I'm accomplished? Why don't I feel like they appreciate me? And all of a sudden, all of this awareness starts to begin to become conscious because, to a great extent, we've been giving and doing based on what others have said. But when you start to get into this space of, of recognizing present time and starting to have some tools, real simple fundamental tools about how to define your space, you know, where do you start and stop? Now, really, there is no start and stop, but right at the edge of the aura, if you can stay on in your aura, your side, there's a tool we call a rose. You put it right on the edge of the aura and you stay on your side and allow the other side to be Shakespeare's theater to entertain you. All of a sudden, when you're on your side, you're watching all of these shoulds and opinions, and you watch people get into gauged in emotions. All of a sudden, you're in emotion because there's no definition to you in relationship to everything else. When you start to bring it back to where people are waking up and they're beginning to step into their own space, and with a few simple tools like that rose on the edge of the war and staying on your side, you all of a sudden begin to discern from that internal guidance system in the heart. It knows exactly what's appropriate for you at any given minute. And you start to have this awareness of what is about you versus what is about the external world. And that's where, in this case, he's speaking, that the choice begins to be, I give and I give and I give and I love this person and I'm taken care of and they just moved on in some cases. Or why did this happen? Why did I lose my job after being very devoted? It's, it's not about being selfish from the standpoint of resentment. But it is about being selfish, a word most people don't like, in the space of self-definition of you. See, when you can give to yourself, 
then there's plenty to give to others. But when you give it all away, then it gets depleted. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I uh, and I have a a friend who's going to I'm going to insist listen to this because I think she fell victim to that, the give 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 and and she's depleted and and it's it's hard. Um I want to ask you, because a lot that I come across is that our external world is a reflection of what's going on inside of us. How do you feel about that? Well, here, let me define it in the same way, because that's very correct. So so when you grow up in a household, the, the mom, dad, teacher, minister of life, and they're the ones who say, you should do this, you shouldn't do that, good, bad, right, wrong, and you that's who you are. Sometimes what happens is when you start to engage with people, so so you're a sophomore girl in high school, and you're, what's that all about? I mean, you got your sexual stuff going on, you got your social stuff going on, you're trying to get your own identity stuff going on, and so you're hanging out with people and you tell a funny joke and they all look at you and say, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And they laugh at you, not with you. At that minute, do you ever, did you just make a decision you're never going to tell a joke again in your life? Yes. One second, one moment, one instant, one experience. A lot of times people say to you, a person, you know, gee, that's an ugly shirt you got on, or you should be doing this, or what's wrong with you? You're not attractive. You're never going to be smart. You'll never succeed. Don't you know the right thing to do? And to a growing up young adult, child, what happens is effectively this person gives you a gift. And hear it just like this. They hand you a gift that says you're not okay. And then what we do is we accept the gift from somebody else's external world, and then the rest of our life we walk around with this gift, and we're saying constantly, what's wrong with me? How come nobody likes me? Why did I screw up? How come I can't do this right? And really what's happening is you're trying to respond to the gift that never was yours in the first place. You see, in real terms, it is impossible to be not okay. It's impossible to not be okay. So if that was a truth, let's just give me the benefit of the doubt for a minute that that's a truth. If we were to look at ourselves in the mirror from the places that we have worked so hard at being not okay, we really kind of look pretty funny in that mirror because we work at not being okay. We try to please that external mom, dad, teacher, minister, and all the things they said we should and we shouldn't. And, you know, uh, one of the great distractions in the whole world is, is the whole structure of around sexuality and good girls don't and this and that. And take a look at the world, or at least take a look at the Western civilization from the standpoint of all of those shoulds and goods and bads. Somebody gave you a gift. And then you get yourself into a situation where it's like, wow, yeah, this can be great. I'm going to enjoy being in love with this person in this moment. And it's like, no, no, that's not okay. What's, you, what's wrong with you for thinking that? 
Am I making any sense? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. See, so it's um, the gift. So so the 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 stuff that we we're looking at around us that we don't like is is what do you think? Like, well, let's say so let's break what we don't like into two categories. One is I don't like me. I'm mm-hmm. not okay. Mm-hmm. All of that is really when you look at break it right down to it, it's somebody else's opinion, somebody else having a bad lifetime one moment. And for the most part, they don't even remember they said what they said. But we do. We walk around with it. So when you begin to start playing at what's possible, the ability to clear that out with, with no effort at all, no therapy at all, the ability of just simply beginning to recognize this isn't me. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Now, the second point is if you are looking at the external world and being disturbed by the external world, there is some reasonable justification to that right now. And and the reason that the external world, it's waking up too. You see, in 2012, when in being simple again, a whole new operating system was stuck into your computer. That third dimension, separation, broken, I'm not okay, that really that operating system was removed and a new operating system was put in place. But anytime you go from one concept to another, one truth to another, one experience to another, there's transition. And right now the world is in tremendous transition because literally everybody is waking up. And one of the things that they're waking up to, which will sound odd in a way, is they are they're, they, when consciousness gets compressed, which is what the third dimension is, it's compressed light, it's compressed consciousness. There's no mobility, flexibility in that third dimension, very rigid, very conditional. And that's now being removed. And it's as if the decompression is happening. And you're starting to get a little more light in there, a lot more light in there, a lot more consciousness. People are waking up. But when, let's take an example as an example, those folks that are playing a game that's referred to as ISIS in the Middle East, if you think about it, in that compression they've been in for all of these years, in religious compression, in in persecution, in all of that uh, imposition, And then all of a sudden, somebody says, you're free. You see, this new operating system's all about freedom. And so that decompression starts to happen, and they start to get a little bit of room to move around. And they start to stretch, and they start to take a breath, and they realize they're really angry at what has been happening to them. And in the way the world is waking up and realizing that they've been in various states of compression and they are off balance, going back to that word, they're off balance and they're moving towards balance. But that's transition and it's awkward and I'm not sure what to do. And this is new and a lot of my reference points aren't where they used to be. That's what's mm-hmm. happening to the external world. Mm. Mhm. Mhm. So um this is probably a really abstract 
question, but um, you, you talk about you know you, your visit with your soul at night. Um, was 3D like an experiment from the higher realms? Like, oh, let's try this, and now we're kind of done with the experiment? You're absolutely correct. Okay. So, and it's a, it's a, it's an astonishing story in how it's all played out. There, there was a, there is a fall of consciousness, but there was no bad guy. There were no wars. There was none of that. Didn't happen that way. Think about it like a chemistry experiment that all of a sudden goes wrong, and you get a fire in the room. And one of the things that happens is. They, in order to contain it, it's contained. They, the room gets locked down and everything gets compressed. And, and that's kind of what happened in the fall of consciousness. But in order to, to also make sure everything didn't get destroyed, in that fall of consciousness, everything went into separation. So the brain was shut down. The, the great brilliance of who you are as the soul was was kind of removed and so you've got a dysfunctional now let me make it even easier you have you're in separation and the soul the oversoul the christed oversoul all of that configuration of consciousness the holy spirit it will not come into separation it just won't do that so you're on your own that doesn't mean nobody cares about you. It means everybody's rooting for you, and it's taken a long time to kind of nurture a lot of the dysfunctionality out of the system. And beginning in the 1900s, it started to happen. And in 1987, the harmonic conversions, a massive experience that was successful. 2000, another experience that was successful. And then every year leading up to 2012, which was basically closing the door on the third dimension. And at that moment, Metatron said to a large gathering of people, from this moment on, there will never be another child born into the third dimension. Mm. Never. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big never. And so what is happening is everybody's starting to wake up, and they're going to start putting the pieces back together. Some it will happen quickly. I'm watching over 300 people in an 1,100-person course participating over a course of about three years, building that living light body, stepping into that fifth dimension, understanding it and experiencing it and acting from it. And others will take another numbers of years. Many couple will, some will take a couple of more lifetimes before they get into it. But everybody is leaving the third dimension. Everyone mm. is stepping into that fifth dimension. Mm. Wow. Well, that's a perfect segue. We were wanting to ask you about the light body, and, and you're saying that you know, now is our time to be the light. So would you want to talk about that? Sure. So let me, let me talk about it in terms of mastering alchemy as yeah. a path because that's how we built this and that path was constructed when Metatron and I had this conversation he said there's there's a path that's never been walked in this configuration and it will allow you your own ascension 
It will allow the Earth to rise back to its fully Christed state as a 12th dimensional entity. And it will open the door for all of third dimension to step into the fifth dimension. But when he said third dimension, he said humanity, but he also said all of third dimension. Third dimension is on in many universes, many solar systems, many galaxies, third dimension fall happened. And he's saying this will release all of that. So how that plays out in Mastering Alchemy is at the beginning, it's really here's a series of tools like that rose. Stay on your side of the rose. Enjoy the theater on the other side of it. It's all about theater. It's not about you. And you can choose to play where you wish to choose to play, and you can allow the rest to pass you by and be amused. There's tools that the, the, the three lower chakras are fractured. They are amazing to me that they function. They get reconfigured. And as they get reconfigured, and that's done in cooperation with Gabriel and Michael and Kuthumi in the reconfiguration of lower chakras, there is a chakra reconfiguration from the fourth chakra, they're called triads, three centers in the chest, the head, and above the head. And you begin to open up the heart so it becomes more fertile for the soul to come back into play. In this first part, you also spend a lot of time at being able to recognize by stepping into a feeling, a sense of yourself, an ownership of yourself, certain, capable, gracious, happy, all those kind of words. If you think about if you were standing on a platform, you put on a hat, and this is what you felt, and this is how you saw yourself, and laughter and enjoyment and co-creation, co-operation. When you put yourself into those vibrations, it allows you a platform to step out of I'm not okay. And as you begin to hold yourself in this one of the amazing things happens is where you got laughed at in, in your sophomore year in high school for telling a joke, and you meet all those same girls again as a, as a reunion, and they're your best friends ultimately, and none of them remember ever your bad joke. But when you start to step into this alignment of well-being, the universe is very much on your side, and a lot of those gifts that you were given, they never were yours. They start to decompose, neutralize, short circuit. They fall out of your memory system, out of your unconsciousness, out of your backpack. And all of a sudden you find that, gee, I can't quite tell you why I'm different, but I'm different. Hmm. And it's that point where you start to put that mental, emotional body back together. You start to use these vast color codings and sound templates of the universe, of all that is to reconstruct yourself molecularly. Well, that's not exactly right. At this point, it's really mostly mentally and emotionally. You begin to open up that eighth, ninth, tenth chakra and function from that universal mind, from the soul. Many pieces in that part. But then there is a period of time where it's rebuilding, building that light body. And at that point, there are seven kind of steps left to it. But you take that physical body, you actually, let me one step, you integrate the etheric body, the Christed oversoul, the soul. You begin to deal with the causal body. All of those spiritual aspects of you begin to operate as one unit. 
the meridian system where you go to sleep every night, those docking points where you leave, that when the meridian system is engaged with that kind of oneness and you activate that meridian system so the physical body begins to merge with those other bodies, you begin to build the light body. And the light body is an alteration of the molecular structure of the physical body as well as an integration of you and the soul. You begin to become very engaged in the Christed mind, the imaging of that Christ, which is not about a man or a religion. It's about how the how source, the creator, is able to present thought from spirit into the soul, into the physical body. It's a mind. It engages with the brain, and the brain, you really clearly turn the brain on. All this is, you do it. It's not sit there and go, oh, please tap me on the head. This is work. This is not a free lunch. This is a journey. And some assembly required. Not hard, but attention is required. And this is where I go back to watch lots of spiritual folks that are that enter into mastering alchemy and drop out of mastering alchemy because they're more interested in being entertained and being able to talk to their friends about what they just learned. They started to take the course because they wanted to talk about it. But all of a sudden when you're sitting in it and you're listening to Yeshua and Michael and Metatron and Melchizedek, Sanat Kamora and all these great beings, and you're sitting there, you have to make a decision. And, and, Numbers of people make the decision, no, it's too much work. I'd rather go out and talk about it. That's the point that's got to change in the next coming years, and it will. Mm. Hmm. I left out an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We figured. But, yeah, folks can get more information at MasteringAlchemy.com and join your level one, right, to get started? Yes, they can. Yep. And I also want to mention that you have such an array of free material on YouTube and on your website. Um, really, you bring people through processes on your um, webinars every month, and it's no joke. I mean, when I when I listen to them, I mean, you your presence almost commands attention in a good way, and you just find yourself laying down in it, like you're rearranging your personality or you're busting through some beliefs you had. You know, it's you're very generous in that way. Well, you know, I look at it this way. The the odds of me uh, meeting people or them even taking a class is I just make an assumption that I'm never going to see you. And I have one opportunity to stand before you and give you a chance to make a decision about yourself. That decision may just be a very little one. It may be a very big one. It's very seldom that I sell Mastering Alchemy. It's not something to be sold. It's here, I'm going to show you what it is. I'm going to sit with you and reconfigure the energy vibrational fields that you and I are sitting in. And I'm going to give you a chance to experience yourself in this vibrational field. That's, that's my job. That's the part where I try to make, where making things easy for you to choose is my job. I'm real clear about my job. 
And so I believe that I will never see you again. So if I can give you all that's possible for you to make a choice to know yourself, that's my job. And so our business model is we really don't sell mastering alchemy. We don't we don't advertise, we don't do lots of promotional things for mastering alchemy. We let people tell people. And so we give away substance. You know, the, we give away there's a class called the essential tools. It's it's 8 hours of tools. It's free. Play with those tools and it will change your reality. Every lecture is a substantive lecture. It has a meditation. It does a piece of work. It gives you a choice to let go of who I'm not. And and then we're done. And if you sign up for level one and pursue level two and three and that light body, the, the, the gate's wide open. But... Um, but it's it's because I believe I will never see you again, and that's perfectly okay. Hmm. Interesting. So um, this this will be like an analytical Megan <laughs> question of of trying to just better understand the concept of soul, and then here I am on the planet playing this character of of Megan, but yet I'm part of something bigger. I mean, are, are we all in the end? coming from one point and then fragmenting off? What's... Well, let's say it this way. So the creator wishes to know itself in its fullness. And so the creator is a creator. And so it created everything, and included in that is an aspect called spirit, and then another aspect, well, just keep it simple, another aspect called soul. And the soul is uh, has a, a number of purposes, but one of the purposes is to be able to fully engage in this third-dimensional physical form. So it's part of the experiment. Become fully engaged in the physical form, build that fifth-dimensional light body, begin to engage in the consciousness that is Remember, said consciousness, third dimension, very dense, very compressed. Fourth dimension, also very dense and compressed, but a different format. But fifth, sixth, seventh dimension, up to twelfth dimension in this game, there's many more dimensions, but in this game, is all about can the soul bring in what's called the Adam Cadman body, the fully Christed twelfth dimensional body that is... Um, soul and spirit in a in a very elevated state that I couldn't even begin to define here mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. can you do that and so that's what happens here in when you begin to bring that soul into that light body and there's a place where I mean into the physical body working within the light body thinking from the Christed mind drawing from spirit about creation and opportunity. That's the piece that we are playing at. And that's this game that we are all playing at. Some are playing different games, but if that piece is accomplished, that's one of the main purposes of soul and spirit. Wow. 
Wow. It's a big wow. It's a gigantic wow. I'm going to go back and listen. (laughs) I want to go back and listen right now. It was beautiful. Um, Yeah. Thank you. And it's doable. This is not a, this is not a, you know, a a reading out of the Bible where you just kind of left with a reading out of the Bible. Like, well, what do I do with this now? No, this is all doable. This is, uh, this is what is available on this journey. And, you know, one of the important parts is the, this, you're on the cutting edge of the journey. This is these templates get put into the consciousness. Everybody then begins to draw from them. Mhm. Mhm. So, what is your with this understanding that you have and these experiences you have at night and all? What is your everyday life like for you? Like, are you always working and that's your mission? Do you just enjoy going out for pizza? What what happens when you have yeah. a profound understanding? Well, it's it's an it's an interesting place now because that light body is engaged and it it is uh, it's very very quiet in a way that is not understandable. And it's very calm, and it's very peaceful, and it's, at the moment, rather confusing. Now, I say mm-hmm. confusing nicely, not as a problem, because you're now bringing in what I know in my sleep space, I can access in my physical space, but all of a sudden I'm accessing far more than I've ever accessed. And so now, it's in this space here, I'll give you an example, in third dimension, you would say, I want to go have an experience and I want to go, I want to know before I go and touch the tree, I want to know what the tree is. And so I say, well, here, look out the window. There's a tree. It's green. It's big. It's got yellow leaves right now because it's fall and that's the trunk and blah, blah, blah. And so you say, okay, I now know tree. I'm going to go to it and touch it. That's how we generally experience things. Tell me about it first so I know I'm safe, big deal, and I can go over there and it's okay. But if you remember in your really great moments, you didn't care what was around the corner. You were just curious. You had no fear about what was going to be around the corner. You, would, you said, I got to do this. You remember that? I got to mm-hmm. do this whatever it was, and you went and you did it. You jumped, you flew, you did what you went to do, and it worked. You landed on your feet every time. See, that's the space that is in this evolutionary space. So it's a matter now why I say confusing is this because you have the experience first, and then you realize, oh, that's a tree. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, can just say that I can, I can really relate to that. I'm, I'm experiencing that more than ever now, like where mm-hmm. I feel more peace in my body. I feel like you were saying before, things just have left me. I don't I don't react or get charged up or have anything when people say weird things around me or it's just a whole different experience. And yes. you're right, it's like, okay, I'm in it now. I don't know how to reference this, but I'm feeling it. <laughs> Right, right. See, you said it really clearly. One of the things that's happening is you are losing your reference points. 
So I used to, when somebody said that to me, I used to yell at them. And when this happened, I did this. And those reference points are going away. See, as you start to step into, and this has happened to everybody, you don't have to do Mastering Alchemy to have this experience. You start to get happy, and who you're not falls away. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, you choose, well, I don't, I'm in present time, I don't think I want to yell at that person. Whereas in the past, I would have. Mm-hmm. I Congratulations. Yeah, I'm feeling that too. And But I think there's a fear part of me or something that, that thinks, am I just... Am I numb or just getting neutral here? Like, things don't bother me like they used to. Um, Well, there's an uncertainty or a confusion. So, you know, treat those two words here as positives. Wow, something new's going on, and I'm not sure what to do with it. So if you can make it in that state of being a positive rather than going to your you know, I mean, the next thing somebody would say, well, there's a lot of bushes be here between here and that tree. Are there any snakes in the bushes? Mm-hmm. Well, see, you're not going there. And so it's a matter of starting to just simply allow this. Now, it's a transition, very big word. Be nice to yourself in transition. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's really the biggest key. You're going to start to find a lot of things come up. It's like, well, gee, I thought I dealt with my divorce 20 years ago. Why is this coming up? And I say this to everybody. This is one of the most important parts of this transition is when that stuff comes up, it's leaving. It's not Mm -hmm. there to remind you of how bad you were. It's leaving. And so the worst thing you can do is grab a hold of it and say, why are you here? Because it will tell you. So, if you can realize it's leaving and just decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a breath, turn my head, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to let it go away, it'll be gone before you take three or four steps if you don't grab a hold of it and draw it into the body back again. It's all mm. leaving. Mm-hmm. Big piece, very big piece of the puzzle. Mm. Wow. I think this is explaining what I've been going through the last few years. <laughs> Yes, yes. Because for me, it was very, uh, a little shocking because I was raised to be an engineer and think inside the box and all that. And and now I host a spiritual radio show and there's lots in between. So, and I think a lot of. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, what's wrong with And how many people, what's wrong with you? That's. But if you notice. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing's wrong with me. I'm liking myself. Right. Right. And that's where everybody's going. Yeah, which is wonderful. And which is why we do the radio show, to just kind of talk about it. So that. What radio show? I thought this was just a conversation. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It's both. Isn't that wonderful? But, uh, yeah. Let me me actually, let me add to that, because we started to go here a minute ago, is, yes, it's wonderful. And you know why it's wonderful? It's because in that space about giving and receiving, I said a minute ago, it's, it's a... You, this game is 100% about you giving, 100% about you giving, and 100% about you receiving, mm-hmm. 100%. And the key to the game is put them both in the same place, where we have this very nice conversation and everybody gets to listen, you do your radio show, and we all say, gee, that was very pleasant, thank you very much. Right, right. Well, I mean, we do the, the show, but Rachel and I live this, every day you know this is yes so 
Um, all we can do is share it because it feels good to share, and then others can do what they want with it. Listen, not listen. And, yeah, but you get to enjoy it and give it, and it's in the same place 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, well, I couldn't imagine a better wrap-up. Be nice to yourself in this transition. Put your giving and receiving together. <laughs> that even works with our business theme, too. It does. Yeah. Well, I know we could talk to you forever, but it's been an hour, and um, I just want to thank you so much for showing up for us and really really not holding back, not that you would, but this has been really informative, and I'm I'm really appreciative of that. My pleasure, absolutely. I am too. It's wonderful. Thank you for letting me ask the questions I had, and basic as they were to whatever. It was really a great experience to connect. Thank you. Anytime. This is this is my job. This is my hundred mm-hmm. percent in one place. I love what I do. Mhm. Mhm. And you can feel that, like we talked about, just in how you deliver and when you speak. It's it's just coming from the heart. And yeah. So you people feel that. I think they just resonate with it. So it's beautiful. So and so people can get your is is the uh the the book, um, what's your latest book, The the Third Dimension is Going Away? Yeah, what do you mean yeah. Third Dimension is Going Away? That defines that whole dimensional box and it def- and gives you pr- and numbers of tools. It's all okay. about tools and it's in the book. And you can get it at the store at MasteringAlchemy.com or you can go on Amazon and get it at Amazon. Okay, wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jim. It's really been My- an honor. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I wish you lots of great success on your show, and I'd be happy to do this anytime with you. Thank you very much. We'd love to speak with you. Have a great day. Great. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Blessings. Thank you. Bye. Oh, Rachel, that was beautiful. Yes. Yes, it was. It was great. I loved himself. I'm so glad that he... That's what he does. Yeah. Ah. That was a great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we need to wrap it up so I can go back and listen to it <laughs> again. I know. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody out there, um, learn more at masteringalchemy.com. And um, he also has a YouTube channel with many, many wonderful tools and, you know, full-length webinars that he does every month. And he has a planetary update also that he does at the beginning of each month. And they're not they're not really what you might expect. They have a lot to do with um, global politics and money and banking. And it's really, really fascinating. I get most of my, um, my so-called news from his planetary update. So, yeah, definitely check that out, too. They're, they're on the shorter end. His webinars are... Um, or an hour or so. Yeah, I, I did take a look at one of the um, updates today. I got through about half of it and got interrupted. It was about 15 minutes. But, yeah, it, it's interesting because it's like he's pulling up and he looks at all the different government things that are going on and banking things and crises, and, he, and he's looking at them from higher up, from a bigger picture, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat. Like he's describing it like a game. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, which I prefer. Yeah. So, yeah, he's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, okay, great. Cool. All right, Megan. Okay, well, Rachel. It was great. Thank you so much. For more information for... on... <laughs> so we must have a delay today. <laughs> we probably do. You go ahead. Wrap it up. <laughs> well, for more information on these shows on the Enlightenment Evolution Network, you can go on Facebook.com and search for Enlightenment Evolution Network. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week with another show. We have Jonas Elrod, who is uh, is great. I know Megan... Megan found him and uh, introduced me to his documentary called Wake Up. So watch that if you get a chance before next week because it's really fascinating. It really is. And it's on Netflix. You can find it. Just poke around. Um, Yep, it's called Wake Up. So we'll speak to him next week. Awesome. Have a great week, everybody. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.